Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I Skype with meditation teacher and voiceover artist Angie Singer. We discuss how to cultivate your highest values, creating and living a lifestyle that helps you to remember those values, the benefits of meditation, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Angie Singer. Hey, Angie. Hey, Rebecca. (laughs) It's so good to see you and hear your voice on that stunning microphone that you have. Uh, Thank you. It's it's good to hear your voice and be here. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm I'm glad I'm here with you. Me too. I feel the Mm -hmm. same way. Um, I'm so excited to chat with you. You are my meditation teacher. You taught me what I know about Vedic meditation. You do, I mean, you do voiceover for meditation apps. Is that right? I do. I do voiceovers for lots of different types of projects, a lot in actually the tech space. Um, But yeah, also for meditation apps. And then I record my own meditations too. So a lot of a lot of things across the board. Oh, I didn't even know about the tech. That makes sense. You have such like a soothing, like uh, warm voice. So I can understand why you would be doing like tech stuff too. That's so cool. Thank you. I feel yeah, like that- I would love to hear you do like you know the New York subway or like yeah. <laughs> what is that? Please stand clear, clear of, of the, the closing, closing doors. doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that actually that really came about because my background I don't think we really talked about this but I I worked for different tech companies and I've just always been obsessed with technology and frontier tech virtual reality augmented reality and at every company that I worked at I was doing product marketing they would say hey can you voice this for us hey can you do that and I just started recording more and more voiceovers And then I was doing it on the side. I was making a little bit of money. And then it's really only been in the last two years, really, that I've that I've gone full time. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't know that was the background of it. The the only thing I feel like I know about you is like the meditation side and what you've shared throughout that process. So I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, So I, I, I usually start out by asking people if they consider themselves a confident person, but I, I found a new question that I really like lately, and it's, what does confidence mean to you? Like, I had someone say it's resilience. Someone said it was curiosity, um, knowledge, and, like, the continued uh, journey that is, like, growth and getting more knowledge. So to you, what is confidence? I love that because as I was, well, first of all, let's just back up. Thank you for creating this podcast. I think it's so beautiful and so needed, especially right now. I think as we're all, a lot of people feel still feel like they're in their cocoons a little bit and amidst quarantine and really turning inward. And, you know, if you have a therapist, maybe you have these conversations with a friend, but you don't really get to peel back the layers of people that you don't really know and, and start to see that, oh, we're, we're all human beings. We're, we're all having similar emotions regardless of what you're experiencing. And so I was listening to one podcast that you did yesterday. And the reason why I didn't get too much sleep is because I was going to bed last night and I was like, I'll just listen to like a half of one more, like three later. Oh my- God. It was like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so amazing. Oh, my God. Because, because really, and I'm getting to, to your question, is because there's so many different perspectives that you're helping to uncover. And for us all to see and to really get that whatever you're experiencing is valid. We're all just having different experiences or different sides of the same thing. And so... um. I, I was actually prepared for first question. Sometimes I feel confident, but to me, what I think confidence is, and I was looking back in my notes. I don't know if you do this on your phone, but I'm just constantly writing down thoughts, whatever comes to mind. And I typed in confidence to search my notes. 
And on May 2nd, 2017, I wrote, what is confidence? (laughs) Paying attention to and believing consistent, supportive thoughts of oneself, trusting oneself, no matter what happens or challenges you face, knowing you'll be okay. And I was like, yeah, I actually still really think that to be true. I feel that. And what I mean by that is when I am paying attention to, when my focus is on my values, what what is most important to me on the deepest level, that is when I I feel that feeling of assuredness, of knowing everything is okay, of spaciousness. And so for me, it's it's this feeling, right? It's this byproduct of having my attention on these highest values. And they, I mean, they've taken me a while to kind of figure out and determine, and I think they change over time for sure. Um, but that's, that's really what it feels like for me. And similar to in meditation, what I teach and what I practice is you're creating the conditions for it to naturally arise. You're creating the conditions in meditation for this for you to drop into a deeper space. You can't force it. Like you just, you can't. And that's been my experience with, with this feeling, this byproduct of confidence. I can create the conditions for it, but I can't like say, okay, I'm just going to feel it right now. No. Where is my attention? What input inputs am I aware of? You know, who's around me? What's my environment? And through meditation, and I'm sure we'll keep coming back to this, but it helps me create that greater awareness for, okay, what's going on so that I can choose to then place my attention elsewhere if I need to, or just have my, have compassion for myself at that time. If for whatever reason, nope, I'm not, I'm not shifting. (laughs) My thoughts are what they are. Then I can drop into this, this space of compassion. And that's one of my highest values too. So all that to say, it, it means a lot of things. It's it's a feeling, it's a byproduct, but it's coming from, for me, placing my attention on those highest values. Wow. That, can you read the thing on your notes one more time? Because that was like, I'm, I'm right? taking my notes as you're speaking and I'm like, I, there was one thing in there that I really wanted to write down. Oh. Will you read it one more time? Yeah, so it was May 2nd, 2017. And in my notes, I wrote, What is confidence? Paying attention to and believing consistent, supportive thoughts of oneself. Trusting oneself no matter what happens or challenges you face. Knowing you'll be okay. That was a wise 2017 Angie. Truly, (laughs) truly. uh, Consistent, supportive thoughts to oneself is like, is so big. Um, and then you mentioned creating the conditions for, would you say like creating the conditions for self trusting oneself or creating the conditions for, I can't remember what you said now, but it was perfect. It was like create the conditions for something. And now I can't Hmm, remember what it was. What did I say? Well, it's, I, I was aligning it to meditation. So when we create the conditions for us to drop down to a deeper space, that, I mean, essentially, that's what it feels like for me when my in an eyes open experience, mm. too. So creating the conditions for that feeling to arise, mm-hmm. what, whatever feeling it is, I feel like, you know, yeah. you want to experience create. How do you create the conditions for it? And I think that's I mean, it's unique to every person. We all have different backgrounds, different biology, different chemistry and what what um, causes certain reactions within us. And so that changes over time too. And to create that awareness, have that awareness of what then creates the conditions for you to feel that feeling, I feel like is just a, a constant discovery of oneself. Absolutely. How do you how have you discovered what your highest values are? Like I know you mentioned paying attention. You feel confident when you're paying attention to your highest values and you're acting in line with those specific values, how have you discovered what those are for you? Has it always been there? Is that, has been that, has that been something you've developed a relationship to? 
Yes, definitely. And I, I love how you say a relationship too, because it is, it's, it's this process, right? It's not this one thing or these four values, which I, I do have like these four core values, but yeah, things change over time. You change. And so for me, you know, I started learning about, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Dispenza or, um, Oh my goodness, so many people in, in this self-help space, right? And I started reading these books probably in 2012. I was on staff for this um, health coaching program. And so I was teaching these coaches how to build a small business around marketing. And uh, that's really how I got into the marketing side of things. And at that time in the curriculum for coaching, there were just all of these authors and people that I had never heard about. And, you know, they're just so charismatic and, and you feel, or I felt this space of, mm, of just, just spaciousness, this limitlessness. And so I got really curious and I feel like from the beginning, the idea of values, it was always there. And if I step back even further and think about my upbringing with, you know, Christianity and the church, which I don't necessarily align with now, the values, that idea of values, what, whatever, whatever they are for you, that was there. And so for me, I think the theme has come up again and again over the years, I'd say since 2012, but I never really could define them. I didn't really know how to figure out what they were for me. Um, but most recently, I'd say in the last few years, I've been able to more so solidify them. And I can't think of the name of the book, um, but I've read several books on values. And also, let's see, most recently, there's a woman named Lacey Phillips. Are you familiar with her? No. To be magnetic. She talks about your authentic code, which is the same thing. It's around your values. I've also done different webinars. So all this to say, there's a lot of different processes that I think have helped me kind of come up with my own values, something that I found really helpful was to think about, okay, what is it that you want? What do you want in life? You know, <clears throat> anything, if you had this dream list, what would you want? And something that I really identified that I wanted, let's say three or f maybe four years ago now, when I was, you know, in this nine to five job and I didn't have much, much say or freedom around my schedule, something that was really important to me was just the freedom of time to do what I want when I want. And that was just something I felt in my core. And so I, I was, I was doing this one webinar and they said, okay, so take that and then go a level deeper. Why do you want that sense of freedom of time? Okay. Well then, um, I can create whatever I want. Okay. Go level deeper. Why do you want to create whatever you want? And you go deeper and deeper and deeper until you're I don't know, like five levels. And at the core of it, I came up with these four values. So the first one for me is peace. You know, if I think about, let's just talk about financial freedom. I want to be financially free. Okay, well, why do I want financial freedom? So I can buy whatever I want. Okay, so you can buy whatever you want. So why? So that I can feel like my needs are taken care of. Okay, so if you feel like your needs are taken care of, what would that give you? So that I feel like everything is okay. Okay. If you feel like everything. And so again, you just go deeper and deeper. And what I got out of that was this sense of peace at the deepest level. What I need to feel to feel like everything is okay is this sense of peace. So for me, it's peace. Wholeness is another value. Um, freedom of self-expression and compassion coming back to that love and compassion. And so these are things, these are values that I think about on a daily basis. And if I don't think about them, I, it shows, it shows in where my mind is and, and what I'm experiencing. And so what it's been like for me is, okay, once you have these values, then to keep reminding yourself, to keep reminding myself of what they are so that I can keep coming back to them and placing my attention there. Um, and so what that looks like is I say like creating creating and living a lifestyle that helps you remember. Because I feel like in the past, when I don't remember, when I get into this space 
of just allowing, you know, media or, or people around me or whatever influencing me without me coming back home into myself and being like, oh, these are my core values. This is what's important to me. That actually, no, that, that's, that's not where I'm going to put my focus. And so circling back, it's, it's been a long process. Like I knew that they were important, but I didn't know how to identify them for myself. And I know, you know, five years from now, they could definitely shift. So I, I think it's something that you constantly have to keep checking back in with yourself to make sure that they still resonate with you on the deepest level possible. Yeah. And like in doing this podcast, I don't think we've really talked about like that, like a value system. We've talked about like authenticity and uh, finding what's important to you and what's in line with, with what's important to you, but like naming it as values and having a list of them or the four that you have or however many you want to have. And that feels like such a great um, system and a, a more of like a structured way to go about your days because you can always, like you said, go back to is what I'm doing right now, is what I'm feeling right now in line with my core values, yes or no. If not, what do I, how do I, what do I do with that? Yeah. And I, I, I think that's exactly, I keep coming back to them. And even if, you know, in the moment I realize I am not in alignment with my values right now, something is off. If I can take the time to take three deep breaths, like, you know, if I'm not in, in a conversation, I, I will do that to reset and place my attention on them. Um, but it's just, it's so important to keep coming back to them for me. It's, it's kind of like this anchor, really, mm. um, kind of in the background. And I know for a lot of people who, you know, define these values and keep coming back to them, it kind of, it just becomes this subconscious thing, mm. similar to the way that I, the technique and meditation that I teach, where it's almost like the air, it's the ambiance. And if something's not right, if you're not feeling that assuredness, if you're not, if, if that byproduct feeling isn't there, then I know, I know something's off in that ambience that I need to create those conditions again. And that's when I, I bring the, um, those values up again. And so sometimes I'll journal about them. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll have an alarm in my phone. I mean, depending on, on the month, what, you know, mantra or, or whatever I have come up to remind me, but it's always around those four things because I know at the core of my being, that's what I need to um, that's what I need to feel. That's what I need to generate within myself so that I can feel okay. Yeah. And that it, it, it seems like a really helpful tool too, when you are, at least for me, what's resonating is like being self-employed and like picking and choosing the projects that I want to pursue or not pursue, whether it's my own or someone else's. Um, it's it, it can feel overwhelming sometimes I, I suppose or I'm, that's, I'm just speaking from my personal experience but having a core set of values to go back to is this project in line with my core values isn't going to make me feel these core values is it not it seems like a helpful tool in determining like how you go about your day especially now with COVID where we don't at least I don't have as much structure as I once had um, to be able to go to back to this value system is seems like it would be very helpful. I don't have a value system, so now I'm like, mm, I am. Get to make one. I know I'm going to after this. I'm going to make one, and I, I will find that book too that yeah. I was talking about that I think is really helpful. Yeah. Um, but um, but I want to before I forget. Yeah. Yes, what you're saying about making decisions it has made decision making so much easier. Yes, um, because in even each area of your life, a lot of the way people talk about defining your values is you start with different areas of your life and you create your values in each area. And then you start to see these, these common themes and these common threads. And that's how I came up with my list. Um, but then when you have these values, it just becomes so clear that, oh no, that's not in alignment with the deepest part of me that I want to feel, which again can change over time, but it, it, it just helped so much. There was actually this incredible opportunity that came up 
a couple weeks ago. And in the past, my first reaction is always do it like, okay, you should, you should do this. You'll, you'll figure it out. This, you can't pass this up. And I actually did take that approach initially, but then within, I'd say within 24 hours, I was just feeling this sense of, mm, mm-mm, something's off. And in the past, I think I would have just kind of let it go and just kind of push through. And I came back to my values. I said, what about this maybe isn't in alignment? And I realized it was this great opportunity to do this, um, this ongoing class. And for me, I didn't feel through the certain circumstances that I would have the freedom of self-expression and I wouldn't have the peace. And for me, the peace was tied to what I mentioned earlier, that, that freedom of time that's so important. And that's again, five levels deep. And so it just made it so much clearer. And then after I made the decision, I even said in the email, I was like, I I can't believe I'm saying no to this. I know this is such a a wonderful opportunity, but right now it's just, you know, not a good fit for, for me based on, obviously I didn't go into the values, but (laughs) but that was why. And, and I felt so good about it because in the past, if I had gone back and forth and then, then said, no, then I'd, I would have regretted it and, oh, maybe I should have done it. But no, now it really is, it all comes back to those values. And it just, to your point, it makes decision-making and how you spend your time and what your priorities are that much that much easier. Yeah, that decision-making thing is is really like striking a chord with me because I have a, I'm not good at decision-making. And through therapy, you know, I've discovered that it ha- it does have to do with going back to my childhood. For me personally, decision making and like not feeling like I can move in a space, like not feeling I can, like feeling almost like frozen because if I do this, I'm gonna be love will be withheld from me. If I if I do this, I need to do it the way he wants me to do it or this person wants me to do it because that's the only way I'll get I'll I'll receive love, right? And so it's been a, it's really interesting for me to slow down my thoughts and be like, okay, let's take that component out. Like let's nurture little Rebecca and like, and, you know, cause I think reparenting is a big part of it too. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but just slowing down my thoughts, but I feel like this, I'm, I'm just so excited to develop this value system because I feel like. I, I would love some help with decision making. And I feel like this is going to be a really helpful tool in addition to, you know, all of the work I've been doing in therapy and reparenting and all of that. But I feel like this is an additional tool that will be super helpful. So anybody experiencing um, anxiety or stress around decision making, like perhaps this value system would be helpful oh, for yeah. you. I totally, totally agree. Yeah, it helps with priorities, with decision making and and with that, that feeling again, that byproduct of confidence. Yeah. Were you, and since you've listened to my podcast a couple of episodes, (laughs) you'll know that what I'm going to probably say, but I would love to hear about how you were as a kid and growing up and were you, um, cause you seem like a very introspective, thoughtful, um, aware, you know yourself very well, all of those things. And I know you've cultivated that over the past few years, but I'm curious as to how you were as a child and um, if confidence was something that was talked about in your family or just sort of that whole world of child Angie. Mm. Were you a confident oh, kid? Oh, child Angie. Oh, child Angie. Well, <laughs> what did she know? I love her. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there wasn't that language. I don't think I ever heard the word confidence as a kid. It was more of, I felt totally supported and loved. And my attention was on joy, creativity, play, and curiosity. So those were, if if I had to like at that time, you know, be introspective for that girl, that those would be my values. That's where my attention was. That's where I, I felt that space of spaciousness and everything's okay but it wasn't framed as confidence Mm -hmm. right um but that said I felt so supported by both of my parents I mean I can remember from the time that I like picked up a pen or a paintbrush you know I was the artist and my, my parents would 
put that up on the wall. And if I wanted to, I played basketball and softball and they would support me. And um, so I definitely felt that, that love and support. That said, it definitely, there was a shift, right? At some point, probably around middle school. The common theme. It's always middle school. It's always, I think my dream is for every kid, when they enter middle school, they just get a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like my, (laughs) I would have saved so many years, but it's been a beautiful journey. Yes. Uh, Or it is a beautiful journey. Um, But yeah, there's, there's this shift then where, you know, I started to pay more attention to these different inputs from different kids, from the media, from, um, yeah, just what I saw around me. And then also there was this more, more so push towards academics and, um, and being this certain version of myself. So it, it then became more important how other people were perceiving me, which I know is a, you know, a common theme, um, that people have experienced. And so, yes, while I still felt supported and like I could do these different things and that my parents, my parents would always love me, that didn't then determine who I was. It all, all of a sudden became, oh, how my teachers perceive mm. me, how these kids perceive me. That's actually who I am. That that determines things. And so I just, I didn't have the language. I didn't have a therapist. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the awareness to um, to maintain I guess that that level of attention on what was important to me at that time mm-hmm. or early on as a kid. And again, it's just it's part of the journey. You're you know, you're figuring things out. And so, no, I, I mean, I don't wish my journey to be completely different, but I would have really appreciated a therapist in middle school. <laughs> Ditto. Um, was there anything you experienced growing up or I guess it could be in your adult life that that um, knocked your confidence? And if so, what did you do to like soothe yourself and recover? And what did you learn from that experience? Mm. I mean, just thinking about day-to-day experience. Yeah. A lot of things will shift my thoughts away or grab my attention away from what my values are. And so, yeah, I'll definitely feel a shift, but going back to middle school, that was probably like the biggest earthquake rupture mm-hmm. um, that created that, I don't know, tectonic plate shifting that created that that fault. And it was, I mean, at that time it was just clicks were starting to form. I was, I was, you know, at that time there was, there wasn't even social media really. So it was more about seeing what I thought I should be from TV and I didn't see anybody that looked like me. So of course not consciously, but subconsciously, okay, something's wrong with me, the way that I look, the way what I want to be or do like, no, this can't be right. And so I, again, I did not have the tools then. And it was really rough at the same time. What I felt again was that it's more, it was more important how other people perceive me. So rather than at that time trying to feel internally confident, I didn't, I didn't have the the language or the awareness for that. It was more of how can I be perceived in this certain way how can I be perceived as the best at this or um pretending pretending and it was a shell so that's what I did in the the early days when I was a kid um but now what I do is surprise surprise I meditate <laughs> if I if I can I I mean I I meditate about twice a day but sometimes I'll meditate four times a day right um and and those practices look different for sure but that has been like a keystone, like a, just a foundation for me to have the space to then shift back to my values. Um, in the moment, it could also look like deep breathing. It could also look like journaling. Um, but now it's really about dropping into a space of silence, a space Mm. of stillness, because until I do that, I, I really can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so just going on a little meditation tangent here for listeners who don't have a lot of experience in meditation, can you sort of break down the three types, main types of meditation, um, and maybe give some, any tips you might have for someone who's never meditated before on how they can like start the journey? Absolutely. 
Oh, what a journey. What a journey. <laughs> I started meditation with actually like this meetup in New York in 2012. I don't know about that time. Why did you go? What was like the impetus to start meditating? Stress? I knew I knew something needed to change. I just I was uh, it was it was just so painful for me. It was really yeah. moving away from pain. Mm. Now it's you know, now it's more about um living into my fullest potential and self-actualization and, and just this beautiful journey. But it started from this place of just wanting to move away from pain and just my nervous system was just out of whack. I had, I was experiencing out of like an acute stress experience. I experienced hair loss. I had this virus that doctor after doctor, I was going to functional doctors and they said, you know, your blood work looks good. Like, you're doing everything right. He said, are you stressed? I was like, am I stressed? <laughs> Aren't we all? I just, I thought that was part of it. And so I started, I went to this meetup and it was, it wasn't even meditation. It, it was about uh, proper breathing and breathing exercises. And I mean, that's, I think that's the foundation even before meditation, mm. like being able to expand your lung capacity that creates a shift in your nervous system right away. And so that's why I start every meditation with deep breathing exercises that might be the first five minutes before I even um, meditate which is so nuts because like we don't even think about that do we 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 Mm-mm. we breathe automatically we don't we don't think about it and but you're so right because when we do and when I do do deep breathing um there's a shift yeah sorry it's for interrupting so, but I was just like no it's fine I agree it's it's so fundamental. It's so foundational that we don't have to think about it. We take it for granted and mm-hmm. we don't think about where's my ne- next breath coming from? You know, um, will I get a next breath? Yeah. And then because of that, which, you know, it's great that we just have this automatic support for life that happens for, I mean, not everybody. Some people definitely deal with breathing issues. Um, but it's just this beautiful support system that we don't really think about but then when you do, when you go down the rabbit hole of like the power of breath, it's just anyway, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. once <laughs> once I have or you have that foundation of breathing, there are these three different buckets that for me, it's been helpful to think about meditation because I mean, there's so many different practices out there. It can be confusing because, again, everybody's different. Everybody's going to feel drawn to certain meditations. Um, and different ways of meditating. But I like to think about it in scales of effort. This was really helpful for me because as someone who had just so many ruminating negative thoughts that weren't supportive, for me to go into one bucket of meditation first was not helpful and just wasn't wasn't happening. So um, the first bucket is that, that concentration. So you can think of like Zen meditation, um, or some forms of vipassana, and it's it's really this this focused concentration of you're not you're forcing yourself really to stay focused on this one this thing. This is like the this is what monks practice. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. If you think about, um, I hope you know, I'm using the correct. Term. I... No, this is no, this is absolutely fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, if you think about people, who there's still plenty of people in monasteries or, or go go away in seminaries and they're meditating for hours and hours a day, and it's beautiful. They've devoted their lives to this practice. And um, that's how they're self-actualizing themselves and then sharing that and radiating that to the world. That said, that is not the experience of many people. We just don't have that luxury to devote seven hours a day to meditate. And so it takes so much effort, so much effort. And for a lot of people, it can be really discouraging and it can even make the idea of meditating really unpalpable. Like just, I I can't do this. It's too frustrating and it can have this negative effect. Um, But again, not for everybody. Then the second bucket would be more so of um, this mindfulness or open monitoring. And so there is still a focus, but it's a much more diffuse focus. So there's not as much effort there. And so the focus may be on, you know, what is my body feeling? What, what thoughts am I having right now? And being aware of that, but not 
not focusing on it like really intently, not having all of that effort. Right. So some some people do find that easier and that's what a lot of these guided meditation apps are yes okay that's what i was gonna ask that's the, mm-hmm. the like the mindfulness apps where there's they're guided with a voice and all of that mm-hmm. okay and so you know these these voices or, or whatever you're listening to or practicing they may guide you to pay attention to your thoughts and that can be really unsettling for a lot of people because you're you're expanding your awareness but you don't have the tools to drop into a peaceful state. So, oh dear God, now I'm just aware of even more things that yeah. I didn't even think I needed to be ruminating about. And that was really my experience. Me too. So, mm-hmm. I started with someone's like, you should meditate or somehow it came up in the, the ether that I should do it. And so I downloaded whatever app was the first one on the app store to meditate, to have guided meditation. And then I was like, I'm meditating. I feel worse. <laughs> And it wasn't until Mm -hmm. I met you and I did um, your course that I was like, but I'll let you talk about that bucket. But that that was my experience as well. Yeah. And thank you for for mentioning that, because I think it's important for people to know that there's nothing wrong with you if you don't, if for whatever reason, a certain form of meditation is just not jiving with you. Mm -hmm. Like going back to your values, my, my value was peace. And I was not, right. <laughs> not um, experiencing any of that. Um, so then we have the first bucket again, being that intense concentration and focus, high mental effort. Then the, the middle bucket being, you know, still some focus, not as much effort, but it, it can create this greater awareness of unsupportive thoughts that you, you really can't deal with at the time. And then there's the third bucket that I really only discovered in the last four years, maybe five. Yeah. Four years. And it's for me and what I teach is no effort. So the entire point of this practice of meditation is to not have the focus and people, when I, when I start to explain the the process and the fact that there is a mantra, people will say, well, well, that's the focus. That's the focus med- um, concentration. And that's why it's a three-day course, honestly, that, that I've done with people. Because for me, I know my experience, it took me that long to really get it. That there doesn't have to be a focus in your meditation. And a lot of people will think, well, I, then I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I'm not meditating. But what, what you come to experience is that you're creating the conditions for yourself to drop into this deeper space. And it, for for someone, a lot of people that are, you know, type A and high performers, they think, well, to create something, to generate anything, to have a byproduct, I have to force, like I mm. have to do something. And this is so the opposite of it. And a different way of experiencing yourself, a different way of experiencing your thoughts, that it, it opens up something for, for people. It opened up this spaciousness and this realization that, oh, I, I just create the conditions for it and then it can actually happen. And then, so this is for me, what I call my foundational practice so that I'm able to create this, this body awareness or this, um, uh, this, this place of being, because what I call it, it's, it's called the being technique. And once you experience this, then you can go on to those mindfulness practices. Then you can start to open up to this greater awareness because within you, um, you just have a greater space for allowing yourself to be with these, these thoughts and these feelings because mindfulness meditation apps will tell you just, just be aware of them. Just let them be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to let them be there, right. then it's awful. It can feel um, overwhelming. If someone wanted really to Google the being, t- so it's a form of, and you correct me if I'm wrong because I could be completely off here, is Vedic meditation. Is that, can you, and then like underneath that bucket is the being technique and like transcendental meditation. And is that right? Absolutely. So it's, it's based in Vedic meditation and, um, they're, they're different forms. So the really popular one that a lot of people practice is transcendental meditation, right. TM. Yep. And, uh, what I teach is called the one giant mind being technique. Um, so if you look up one giant mind, they actually do have an app 
that that you can download and and use but it's really like this first step right to just get your feet wet and then you go learn and practice with a teacher because that's where you can actually refine your practice that's what's been most helpful for me and again everybody's different um but yeah so so in this vedic tradition these different practices or you can even call them brands have come out of it i kind of think of it as like they're just different brands of like the same vedic right but it's it's the same thing as just if someone wanted to know the difference okay well what's the difference between transcendental and one giant mind being technique it's it's really just in the structure like um so tm i i believe is a four-day course one giant mind being technique is a three-day course um this they tm has a certain ceremony right and so the way that it's taught is is a little bit different but the practices and the wisdom of the vedas from the vedic tradition is is rooted in the same thing and i took your course twice i would take it again it i mean y'all it's so good i mean Obviously, I'm talking to Angie, and Angie's the best. But, like, also, wh- whatever teacher you have in your area, um, I found the Vedic bucket, is what I will call it, um, incredibly insightful and helpful and wonderful. Um, and That's I awesome. Think, yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's TM or the David Lynch Foundation or you'd have to Google it. I can't remember what it is right now, but like they do this like call in line where you call in and they have it they they do it twice a day, but then they replay it. And you can be on the phone with thousands of people meditating at the same time. Um mm. which I thought I did it. I I've done it multiple times. It feels so good to know that you're like with other people doing this at the same time, like the feeling of connectivity and unity. And at least that's what I need right now being in isolation and just knowing that there are thousands of people doing the same thing at the same time feels so good. Um, So if that's something you're longing for during this time, like I highly recommend looking into that too. Yeah. it, It helps us again, like similar to what you're doing with this podcast, like tap into our humanity and understand that this is, what we all need for connection, for belonging, for that feeling of love. And I kind of think about it also in terms of like fitness, right? So you might work out on your own. That might be great, but it's a different feeling, right? It's like, it's a different experience when you're working out with other people, when Mm -hmm. you're in a group. And so that's kind of how I, I think about meditation too. I, of course, I meditate by myself once, twice a day, but I also, um, I sometimes do sessions at the Kadampa Buddhist Meditation Center. They have daily meditations. They have Monday and Wednesday classes. Um, Insight LA, they have a lot of classes. There's just so many resources and a lot of different groups that are meditating together. And, you know, they, they all kind of practice different meditations. And if for whatever reason I'm not feeling that particular type, I will just sit do my one giant mind being technique, but I I will still be able to tap into that field or that, that energy of of, um, spaciousness together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How have you been dealing with the past few months in terms of like, I was going to say COVID and obviously that's like a huge thing, but also everything that's going on globally, um, in our country, our world, our planet, because it can take a toll on certain, I mean, some people I've talked to, they are thriving in this, um, this like sort of introverted space where they can be creative and, um, and there are less things going on. So they have that ability to meditate multiple times a day. Maybe they didn't have that before or create in a space that they didn't have before. But I know some people, especially my fiance and other people, obviously, but like are experiencing more of the extroverts are like, oh my gosh, I have never spent Mm. this much time alone with my thoughts. And like, I need people. So what is, what has been your experience with the collective trauma that we're experiencing right now and how has that affected whether it be your confidence your psyche have you had to dip into these core values more 
if you could speak a little bit on that. Mm, that is a great question. <laughs> and what I know a it's wild a big 2020, right? Yeah. I, I mean, what a wild 2020. The most wild. And we're not done. No, nope. we're not done. Nope. No, we're not. <laughs> we still have a few months left. Uh, that's that's a great question. And it's it's different every week, sometimes every day. Um, but I, I also think it's like a microcosm of life in general, but this is just like amplified mm-hmm. everything. I feel things a lot more. Um, for me, again, it's been this roller coaster for me. It's been this roller coaster of emotion. June was intense with um, Black Lives Matter protests, with um, just just seeing so many things in the media that I just couldn't turn away from, that I felt like it was this collective awakening and then it was this collective just slap in the face and oh it was intense um so to answer your question yes I have been relying on my values so much more and as as much of a roller coaster it's been as much as I felt things deeper and more in more pain than I felt in a long time probably more crying than I've ever done in a long time I am so freaking grateful mm. for this opportunity, for this requirement for me to spend more time with myself mm. um, and not just spend time with myself drinking tea and taking baths or whatever, which, you know, that's great too, but uh, just being with myself, giving myself compassion. Like there's, there's no other way I feel like I could um, as you say, thrive in this time. And I do feel like, again, it's this roller coaster, but I, I do feel like some just beautiful things have happened um, that just couldn't have happened without this pressure. How's that said? Um, like how diamonds are formed under this, you know, intense pressure. And so I, I do come back to that and I realize the beauty of that. Uh, and it's important that for me that I keep coming back to that space of, well, what are my values? Wholeness. And it's, it's kind of required me to reclaim different pieces of myself and dive deeper. Just giving an example, again, going back to June and Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's a whole conversation in and of itself, but I did not grow up in a space where other people looked like me. And I adopted so many of what I considered um, racist societal views. Mm. And so for me, I had to unpack a lot of um, a lot of internalized racism. And to be able to have that space, that time and that space where uh, I, I could be with myself, I could have that compassion for myself and to take my time with it has been so valuable. Uh, and I feel like I've been given this curriculum along with everybody else uh, who who chooses to learn more about it that has just been so valuable and so helpful. That said, in addition to that introspection and, and having that compassion for myself, then when I'm ready, coming out, coming out and having conversations has been so important. And I'm I'm just so grateful that I have people in my life that were ready to step up and have those conversations with me. I wasn't ready to have those conversations last year, five years ago, up up until now. And I think, again, having this space of people kind of in their cocoons, I'm, I'm not being as, as drawn to other things or events going on, that I could take that time for myself, then allowed me to say, okay, now I'm going to externalize this. I'm going to have these conversations that I've needed to have. I'm going to, to um, actualize these boundaries that I need to set for myself. And so it's, for me, it's really been this, this beautiful ebb and flow of going within and then, okay, who can I talk to about this? Going within and who can I talk to about this? Whereas I don't think if it was a different time or in the past, I would have had the space for or would have given my spa- myself this space for. And I think that's what this time is allowed. And and all that said, too, I, I for the most part, do pretty well on my on my own, like in terms of being an introvert and, and, and valuing that time with myself. 
that's definitely changed over time because I used to, I used to just really dislike myself and hate mm. spending time with myself. Mm. And so now amidst this time and amidst the shifts, being able to hold that space has meant, has meant everything. And just to reiterate one more time, your podcast is awesome. And being able to have this conversation just is really valuable. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Um, that, that last chunk that you said that like I used to not like myself chunk is huge and I don't want to say universal because I'm sure some people don't experience that but I have experienced that um when was that what did what what transpired what what and because now you have so much self-love and self-compassion and you're you know your worth and you've done the work when did that change definitely not at one moment right <laughs> it's it's a constant everyday practice it's a constant coming back to to the values mm. and again around that time like 2012 and I feel like there was some like cosmic thing cosmic thing people were saying it's gonna happen in 2012 and I didn't really think about it at the time but around that time is when I started to wake up in terms of I can't live my life this way. There has to be another way because the rumination was just so painful. Like it was going just back all, to yeah, that. it sounds like it was just based around like this pain, this mm -hmm. um, immune system uh, virus that was happening in your life. It, it's all around that time. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it had been building up. So just stepping back a little bit further, right after college, um, I got my dream job. I was a TV reporter in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then the panic attacks started and mm. I, I, I just quit. I couldn't deal with it because again, what was most important was the perception of others. And I didn't feel like I could hold it together anymore. So that's when I started going down and my, I guess you could call it rock bottom was like 2008 ish, uh, before I moved to New York. And I had suicidal thoughts. I was just super, just in a really low place. And, you know, ever since then, it was kind of like digging myself back up slowly, slowly started working with a therapist. And it was kind of like survival at that point. Okay, what can I do to just survive? Mm. And in 2012, it shifted from this feeling of just getting away from the pain to, oh, there, there could be something more it could be more about self-actualization and looking at this journey of, of life as this crazy crazy cosmic magical just cool thing um and going towards this beautiful space rather than the pain so i guess that shift again kind of happened in 2012 because i started reading more books being exposed to different ways of thinking um understanding what beliefs are and the fact that they're completely made up and that it's just our brain's way of kind of processing patterns to be more efficient. And I started reading about neuroscience and positive psychology. And that's really where the, the journey began. But again, it's it's an everyday thing. It's yeah. a, just this ongoing process. And, yeah. and now I choose to look at it as a beautiful process. And even when it's so painful... Now I know, now my pattern recognition or my, where my attention goes is, oh, I am experiencing this because something beautiful, something incredible is on the other side that I can't see right now. I, I just don't know what it is, but being able to more so now tap into that trust, right? That mm -hmm. self-trust is, is part of the ongoing process, part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And like this goes without saying but like I'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast that, but also that you're sharing your pains as well as your joys because I just think that communicating and um being vulnerable vulnerability is so huge in my life I think it's so important because it creates like empathy when you're vulnerable, I feel more comfortable to be vulnerable. And I, I think that's not a lot of people. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize. I feel like it could be, I feel like we could 
we use a little bit more vulnerability, vulnerability and empathy. So I appreciate you sharing your joys and your pains, both of them, so that that we can hear. I, I think when people just share the joys, it's not real. It's not real. Like, yeah, and then we we miss this opportunity for growth and compassion and all the things that come with sharing this the honesty so I, I just appreciate you for sharing that um it, my last question before I'll do my recap do you have any advice for I usually say for little Angie but I like to open it up to like just people who maybe feel lack of confidence right now um do you have any advice to give them Hmm. So I heard this question on a few of your, your podcasts, yeah. so I was prepared. You're prepared. And what actually happened in my mind is rather than me giving advice, all of a sudden, like I became this 80 year old woman giving myself advice. Yeah. But I realized, or I didn't realize I had the awareness that it wasn't advice. It was just three words. It was, I love you. <gasps> it was, I love you. And I just kept repeating those words. And that's what I would say to my young, younger self. That is what my 80-year-old self is telling me right now. I love you. And that's it. That's it. I have goosebumps. Ugh, that's big. Woo. Truly, truly goosebumps. Um, okay, I'm going to recap Angie's List for Confidence. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm always open to that. Um, okay. Trusting oneself. Pay attention to your highest values. Create the conditions for dropping into that feeling. Consistent, supportive thoughts to oneself. Cultivate your values. And also, I wrote down, like, changing your values and challenging your values because they shift over time. Ask yourself why. This is a huge one for me because that, like, this is when we you were talking about sort of like finding what your values are and by saying, well, why, well, why, well, why, and sort of getting to the core ones. Um, I think it's so important to challenge ourselves and ask ourselves, why do we feel this way? So that one was big for me. Um, creating and living a lifestyle that helps you remember your core values. Use your value system to help with decision making. Meditate, read, journal, breath work, create space for silence. Give yourself compassion. Expose yourself to different ways of thinking. Gratitude. I love you. You are so good at that. <laughs> Thank you. In your other podcast, I, I almost at some point was like, I just want to get to the end and listen to her recap. Yeah, got it. Casey said it the same thing because he's like, you know, you're you're listening to this person, you know, talk and explain themselves. You're not really like thinking about how it relates back to confidence and then that that recap at the end is just very helpful and I'm like oh I'm so glad that it's helpful for people um and when it comes to meditating Angie talked a little bit about um you can like if someone wanted to google it right now for would they just google like Vedic meditation in a specific city or like what could be their first step I obviously we talked about breath work paying attention to your breath but taking it one step further what can people google they can look you up if they're in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you yep. do it like right now, if you're doing zoom, anything. So but, I haven't, yeah. I will be doing a, a course probably in the next, probably in the new year. Um, but yeah, it's for people to look up Vedic meditation. And again, the technique that I teach is one giant mind being technique. And so they're teachers all over just okay. like TM, but yeah, just start diving into Vedic. If you find that you feel like you just need a, a really solid starting point. And if you've tried other things and they haven't worked, if you feel like I can't meditate, I would definitely start start with Vedic. Great. Thank you so much for your time. You have no idea how much I appreciate you. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I cannot wait to think about my value system um, and develop that because it's something I never thought about. Totally. No rush, have compassion for yourself, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Angie. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book, or an event that you went through. Leave it in the review section. 
Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again.